For many years after the explosion of Mondas in 2000 and the defeat of the cyber raiding party on the moon in 2070, there was no further sign of the Silver Giants. Man pushed further and further into space exploring galaxy after galaxy in perfect safety, until one day a party of archaeologists landed on the now barren and deserted planet of Telos. All they were after, they said, was to uncover and record the beginnings of the long-dead race of Cybermen, just as the tombs of ancient Egypt had been unearthed. But the tombs of the Cybermen were very different from the pyramids of the pharaohs. They held a terrible secret that was to convulse the universe and once again pit the Doctor against his most dreaded adversaries. Today's episode Everything like it just I believe every bit of it. I loved all the buttons and the levers and it was it was fantastic. At what point do I start my strong defence of Victoria? Is now a good point? I can't allow anything to be cancelled Doctor Who-wise because I think all of it is inappropriate to a degree. The weapons testing room, what's going on there? I don't understand that. Yeah, move over, shells. <laughs> Wait till you hear this one. Hello and welcome back to World Enough and Time with me, Andy. And me, Alex. How are you? I'm good. I'm here in England. Very happy to be back in England. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> oh, you were just heading off to um, Sweden just after the last one, weren't you? I was, yes. In fact, I edited wow. the last one in Sweden. But it was very nice, but the... It went on for too long. Too long. Can I go home now, yeah. please? Can I? Thank you, yeah. please. Yes. But the good thing is I've got a lot of content for what have you been watching on TV. <laughs> oh, good. No, that is good. Great. Yes. You can have that, that was, slot then. Cause I'm, that, was I'm the main re- that was the main requirement for going, just so I could have some material for that section. Good. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> valuable use of time. Yes. So, um, how are you? How am I? I have moved house. Hooray! I am very excited that I have moved house. It was the most horrific house move ever. It was just awful, awful. Oh. Um, and the evil mortgage broker who 
said on the day of the move, oh, I forgot to forward some of those invoices to the bank. Um, and then caused us to have to wait for a whole a whole week after that until we could actually move. Yeah, it was, uh, yes, it was horrific. That is um, terrifying. But we are now in, and it's beautiful, and I shall never, ever move again. Ever. Yes. Ever. Well, I, I know that it's not a fake background, but to many people that would look like a fake background that you've put in. I know. <laughs> With... I know. I do love that. My, it's my good, background, isn't it? background, really, it's it's the best thing for Zoom calls. And people are just checking, like, is that real? Like, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is, bitches. And then you'll see a fair few TARDISes in there. <laughs> oh, that plant looks really sad. Oh, I'm going to have to... Um... Shit, I really need that watering. But yes, don't worry. Sort that out my lamp. On it. Um, on it. <laughs> yes. Well, I've finally taken down my paper background because, you know, when I was kind of in consulting mode for most of this year, so I had white paper behind um, me, but now it's got all my DVDs, um, so they might spot well, a copy nice. of, um, I don't know, of something that... Can you see anything that you think, oh, why is he watching that? Anything? Or can you not t- make out the titles? Oh, I can just... I can see Barbara Vine... <laughs> Wallander, War and Peace. Oh, what's that? Who is, it? is that? Lord Peter Whimsey? Probably yes. <laughs> Trumptonshire. Gosh, the whole damn county, eh? <laughs> All very important. Which that, that leads yes. us very neatly onto. What have you been watching on TV? Woo! Well, what have I been watching on TV? Well, every time I say to Christy, what should we watch? And he goes, Born Legacy. (laughs) And I go, hmm. (laughs) And um, (laughs) the answer is always a resounding no. But I did see that there is, um, the original was actually a Richard Chamberlain um, miniseries. So I watched that. (laughs) Okay. It was awful. So, um, what is it, even is it about? It. Do I want to know what it's, it's about? It's about a, a kind of action man, kind of spy, assassin kind okay. of a dude who um, he loses his memory um, and then has to work out that he's a evil spy, assassin type dude. Um, but yeah, Serverland's in it. <gasps> I can't remember her name. Jacqueline Pierce. Yes! It was a Jacqueline. Jacqueline de Belfort. No. Um, <laughs> oh, a bottle of bottle. I'm really not good at that. I, I was really worried about the plan. And, was, and I can't do two things at once. <laughs> so I sent a message to her and I said, can you bring me a big bottle of bottle? <laughs> <laughs> can you now come back with a big bottle of water and uh, a glass? <laughs> I'm so sorry. So a bottle of water. Oh, yeah, sorry. I left the door. That was quite, that was quite a challenge, I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, my goodness, she brought wine too. That could have been awful. I often order a bottle of bottle at a restaurant. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd done it perfectly. I was like, yeah, no one could tell a thing. Often, even, um, so, often, you... often even a house Karen. bottle of bottle. <laughs> bottle of bottle, yeah, the cheapest. Uh, what have you watching on TV? Because well, I've been watching rubbish stuff. No, I've watched all, all of lots of series, and that never happens. And I realised that this is what happens Ooh. if I actually have time to myself, and it's the only thing I can do. 
because I was working so hard, so I was just coming home watching TV. So I watched all four series of The Crown, and I really, oh. I really enjoyed it. I thought I was going to hate it, <gasps> but yes, I really, I've really avoided it. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it mainly because Claire Foy was brilliant as the first queen, and then right. it was Livia Coleman as the second. I mean, I'm not interested in the Charles and Diana stuff at all. I really can't be bothered because we had to live through all that shit. But yeah. the rest of it was really good, and all the Princess Margaret stuff. Oh, it was so good. I, I really expected to hate it, but it was really well done. So I really recommend it to anyone and everyone. Okay, so, and it was just good as the story in its own right. It almost didn't matter that it was about the royal family. Yeah, they kind of focused on different events, but it was always through the lens of the royal family. But it showed you how dysfunctional they were and how they don't hug and how their relationships are really bad and all revolves around the Queen. It's really interesting, clever stuff. You'd really like right. it, I think. Yes. I, well, I don't know. We like oh. different things, but I was I thought yeah, I was going to hate it. I thought I was going to hate it, but I liked it a lot. I also watched all of Anne with an E, which is the Anne of Green Gables. Thing. Oh, Yes. <laughs> your face it's just like yeah no. no honestly I think I've had um, I've had I've had my fill of Anne of Green Gables really, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what fill. series it was that I watched of it but it was it wasn't the Anne with an E one but it's it's enough I just uh, that I just feel like that story's been done to fucking death really <laughs> 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 made me cough a lot Anyway, no, I thought it was really good. And I think it was like an escapism and I enjoyed that very much. And I've also watched all of The Queen's Gambit, which I liked a lot as well. Did you see that? Oh, I have seen that one and I did like it. Good. That's all I can think of for now. That's enough. No, that's good. That is whole series. This is very impressive work. For me. <laughs> yes. Yes, there should be things on offer for this kind of thing. Well done. Thank good you. Good job. Yes. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> I'm also watching Painted with Raven on Wow Presents Plus, which is the makeup thing. Oh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's all I still haven't finished the, the series of RuPaul UK. <laughs> I'm not? nearly there. No, I'm, not, I'm nearly there. Really not loving it, though. Well, the last... Oh, I really like this last series, but um, I keep playing the song from the last episode, which is Hey Sis, It's Christmas. And it's a really bad song. So it starts with Christmas bells and I just start playing it into the house and John and Marisa run because they know I'm going to sing all of the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Sis, it's Christmas. Better cross me off your wish list. (laughs) And it goes on like that forever. So, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That is going to be amazing for our, um, whatever we call it, our time TV. God, how do I not know what our sections are called? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> time like TV. Our time television. Thing. Oh, yes, we have to have that on the Time Space Visualizer. We have to. Yes. I'm just realizing. <laughs> yes. Good. Thank you. I didn't have one ready. Anyway, I oh, believe. Well, I'm, I'm all organized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> What was it we used to say when things weren't true? We used to say something. Oh, yeah, and my nicks are, um, my nicks are orange. Oh, my nicks are orange. <laughs> or up your arrows. So to explain that to the listener, and my knickers are orange, because the likelihood of your knickers being orange was low, so we'd say, and my knickers are orange. Which meant, but basically meant that's not true. But, they just seem so sensible. But then, because we said it so much... 
we sort of broke it down, didn't we? So it was like, it became like, and my nicks are orange. <laughs> yeah, it's my nicks are orange. Orange. <laughs> this was That's our... so bizarre. And you this was... Like, think, <laughs> this is our childhood. Say, when my nicks are orange. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. It doesn't make any sense. I know, but it was like a perfectly sensible language to each other. People would be like, "What did they just say?" Well, it's orange. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, That's I think it's probably quite annoying. Yes, we're, we're very creative. That's all. So, do you have a quiz? Because I've got one. No, I don't. Okay, it's time for a quiz! Right, let's see what we've got today. This is a true or false game. Okay. But. What do we say? <laughs> well, it's always look. how much do I know Andy? And it's always like, well, actually, he's always <laughs> able to pull the wool over my eyes quite a bit. So I couldn't I couldn't think of a word to call it because it's all based on Tomb of the Cybermen, which is our story de jour. But um, yes, so I was I can't think I couldn't think of anything that was like true or false. All I could think of was tomb or boom, but that doesn't really work. Cyber, cyber mat, cyber not? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really went. I thought about it for far too long. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. Stop trying to work out okay. the title of the quiz and actually write some questions, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very silly way around. I don't like that. I know. <laughs> Stupid. So if you're happy to say tomb, which is true, or boom, which is not true. I am so fucking But you happy. have to deliver the boom like Sophie Aldred delivers it as Ace in Battlefield. Boom! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Good. That was really good, actually. <laughs> Question one. The Cyber Controller was originally given the name Ankh after Tutankhamun due to the story's Egyptological undertones. Oh. Two more boom. Have been, couldn't he? You see, the thing <laughs> is, it could have been he was called Tut because of its Egyptological. <laughs> but this is you. Okay, um, I would say tomb. Tomb. Boom! <laughs> that was a good you. lie. It's a good lie, Very wasn't it? Very good lie. Right, the next one. The original story title for Tomb of the Cybermen was The Ice Tombs of Telos. Well, it ought to be, really. Oughtn't it? Ought it? It ought. <laughs> Ice tombs of tales. Tomb. Yes! yes, you got one right. Okay. Um, Victoria, Waterfield, is shit. By the way, it's what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Victoria, this is her second story. Um, originally, she was be, to be played by a different actress altogether and contracts were all signed and everything, but they couldn't agree a fee for the role. Is that true or false? Oh, 
This doesn't make sense. So what, you mean there was going to be a, a new companion starting in this story? Or... No, no, no. I mean, just originally Victoria, just because it's a very Victoria properly opening story-ish, because she's barely in Evil of the Daleks. Well, she is a bit, but... Yes. Oh, so Victoria was supposed to be someone else. Yes. Okay, so... Basically, was someone else cast as Victoria or virtually all signed and sealed before Debs Watts got it? True or false? Well, being as that happened with... Oh, yeah, is that thingy flippy flu? No. Oh, I don't know. Timings. I don't, Pauline <laughs> I don't... Collins, was she just after? Was Pauline Collins before or after? Oh, yeah, she was before. She was the, she was the okay. story before Eve of the Daleks. But she refused well, to then, take yes, to be a companion. Well, then yes, she would be the signed and sealed companion that didn't. Go no, because she said she said no, and then they had to. Uh, we'll make Victoria a companion then, and then we'll cast someone else as her. Uh, okay, so you, you're saying they were doubly unlucky and on the trot. So I'm going to say boom, but I may be very wrong. No, it, it is true. An actress called Denise Buckley was cast, but they couldn't agree Gosh. on contract. Yeah, was she a bit? Was she a bit money-hungry, old Denise? I don't know. I don't know, Denise. You don't know? I do call her, De- I do call her Den-, Den, though. I know her enough to call her Den. Thank you. I think you should. Den's bucks. <laughs> Den's bucks. Right. True or false? On the first day of recording slash filming... true love said to me... <laughs> Is it true or false, or is it two more boom, that Fraser Hines chatted up the actress who played Kaftan? In an attempt... Well, that seems... Let's, let's say in an attempt to bed her. Let's just say it's how it is. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> Wait, didn't he do that with all of them? Wasn't he a dirty old man? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But Kaftan was quite a bit older, wasn't she? Hmm. Um, okay. I'm going tomb again. It seems all too plausible. Tomb. Yes, it is yes. tomb. Yes. Tomb. Dirty. And then she, she told him, you do know I'm the producer's wife. And he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's embarrassing. Was he a tart? <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Total tart. Total. Oof. Yeah. Almost as bad as Peter Purvis. Peter Purvis. <laughs> imagine well, that. The, imagine a threesome with Peter Purvis and... No. <laughs> Fraser Hines, that's horrid. There's a lot of hair and not enough, not enough leg being covered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, for many years, Tomb of the Zagman was missing. And it was returned to the BBC from the Far East. But is it true or false that the country that it was found in was Singapore? Oh, fuck. Um, I didn't think so. I do remember it being found. I didn't think it was Singapore. It possibly was. But I'm going to say, boom! Correct. Yes. It was Hong Kong. It was Hong Kong. Well, but, well, I certainly wouldn't have said that either, but good. I'm just, I'm just imagining all the people who were screaming Hong Kong at the recording. Hong Kong! <laughs> Hong Kong! <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong! 
don't you know this? <laughs> True or false? My favourite character when I first read the Target novelization was Professor Perry. feel like this is all just very, very subjective stuff, isn't it? I bet you can't <laughs> even remember who your favourite one was. I bet you love Victoria more than anyone. Professor... Well, he was quite staunch, I must admit. I quite liked bits of him. Um, the answer is either that you fucking hated him or, yes, he was the best guy on earth. Um, Which is okay, it? Okay, Tomb. Tomb. Yes, yes, he was my favourite yes. character. But watching it, I find it hard because there's not a lot you get from him. Anyway. Oh, I think he's quite solid. Yes. Right. Two more boom. Sarah Sutton visited the recording of Tomb of the Cybermen with her visual effects father, Sid Sutton. All day long. All day long. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Tomb. Tomb. Yeah. Was that? No, it's a boom. I made that up. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> right, next one, number eight. The Cyber Mats were originally called Cyber Rats. Oh, that seems plausible. They are quite ratty, but the match doesn't really make any sense. So why would they have rat and then change it to mat? Because it doesn't make <laughs> any there's no reason for it. It's just silly. Um Oh, I'll go tomb again. No, it's boom. Made it up. <laughs> you fucker. Yeah, you wouldn't change it to cyber mat. You wouldn't go. Oh, no, it's much more of a mat. It's not a mat, is it? It's a silly. Oh, I love the way okay, I love fine. the way how you believe my you believe so many of my lies. It's brilliant. Um, oh, really? Next one. Number nine. Jean Marsh was a contender for the role of Kaftan. Well, she'd be great, wouldn't she? Um, boom! Correct. Boom. No, she wasn't. It was all the, always Shirley Cooklin's part. Um, finally, mm. one of the Cybermen went out on a date during recording with Deborah Watling. Do we, is, can we have a name? Yes. Um, sorry, I'm eating a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to think, think, I'm not trying to think of, I'm not trying to think of a name while I eat the biscuit. Good, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> Reg Whitehead. Reg Whitehead. Right, well, I say two. Tomb. Yeah. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> yes, it is tomb. <laughs> yeah, you just look too much like you were trying to be dodgy there. So, yes, I, I thought you were so you got me, and you did well. So, at the end of the quiz, you got some questions right, but most of them wrong. I don't think it was most. I'd say oh, at worst, God. it was fifty-fifty. Bit. No. How many did you get? All right, no, you got one, two, three, four. Oh, you did get about five, actually. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Mid 
middling, I think we'd call that. Rather yeah, good sort of, is what I'd call sort it. Sort of too. average. Another word is mediocre. No, I'm good for that. <laughs> I'm fine with that as a description of me. <laughs> so, watch as I struggle to bring this bulky object towards the centre of the room. Watching. It's so bulky. Looks hard. Good. <laughs> it's here. What is this machine? I've already told you, my dear. It's a time and space visualizer. You mean a sort of time television? Yeah, it's like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. It's those bloody carpeted casters, they get you every time, don't they? I know, they just catch, I think I think maybe someone velcroed them. Anyway, <laughs> so, where are we going in our televisual musical journey today? Oh, um, well, I think you should possibly take us to your place first. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this is a song that I don't really like. And I kind of like it. Tomb of the Cybermen <laughs> 1967, quick! It's 1967. Oh. I'll cover for you, I'll cover for you. Quick, run, run. Um, I'm going to keep it contemporary, though. We are going to play the song from the finale of UK Drag Race Series 3, which um, was silly, and I'm using it to annoy Marisa and John a lot, and it's Hey Sis, It's Christmas, sung by RuPaul and the cast of UK Drag Race Series 3. Here it is. Listen to those bells. Because I had this up my sleeve the whole frickin' time. Um, and I think we need a little bit of the Beatles and uh, Penny Lane. <laughs> oh, yes. Is that 1967, then? Yes. Okay, May. No, I believe you. I wouldn't know. Unfortunately, due to a copyright infringement claim, we are no longer able to include the Beatles' Penny Lane as part of this episode. 
if you would like to forward your track to 29 minutes, then normal services resumed at that point. Thank you. A general, the Beatles, it must be 67 because they're in the 60s. Yes, no, it wasn't there. I quite like the juxtaposition of Hey Sis, It's Christmas with Penny Lane. Sort of musical heavyweights together there. (laughs) 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 On a par. They really did a similar job. (laughs) (laughs) They feel like they're from a similar oeuvre. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I've asked her politely I've had a quiet word with her but she's still somewhere in the house I don't know where she is now but here is here is Lou You're listening to World Enough and Time a classic Doctor Who podcast (laughs) (laughs) Honestly every time you start with something like that I'm thinking shit the Kellyak's coming back (laughs) (laughs) She's gnawing her way through the bookcase But Hark, what do I hear? <laughs> it's Nothing. the Kaliak! It is the Kaliak! <laughs> oh, oh no, my mistake. My mistake. My mistake. Just a festive robin. A festive robin wearing a black cagoule. <laughs> cagoules were very They're big, always weren't around they? The place. Yeah. I think the right, anyway. cagoules were big. Hello. Hello. So I think it's time for our story du jour, which is no less than Tomb of the Cybermen. I am Klieg. Eric Klieg. I have brought you back to life. We of the logicians have planned this. You're alive because of us. Now you will help us. We need your power. You need our mass intelligence. Are you listening? Do you understand me? Now that I have released you... Ah! Let me go! I set you free! It was our plan! You belong to us. You shall be. So, I think before we do anything else, 
we must find out from Alex what this story is actually the frick about. Can we have a synopsis, please, from our synopsis <laughs> oh, yes, expert? You can. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Good. So, we see some people. They're all wearing quite interesting outfits. You're thinking, what are they up to? Not quite sure. Well, they're going to have a big explosion. Why? What the frick are they exploding stuff for? Well, obviously, they must be archaeologists, because that's what archaeologists do. They go somewhere and they blow shit up. Um, and then, out of nowhere, these archaeologists, who are the only people on the planet, find that the doctor's there as well. They never ask him about his ship, even though that'd be really useful later on. Um, someone gets a bit electrocuted. Sorry, he only had a short contract. Then we go in and we go, oh my god, there's things everywhere, it's silver, it's exciting, there's buttons to press, there's pretty pictures in the walls, um, it's pretty cool. But they're really not very curious about the things that look like doors. Don't understand that, doesn't matter. But they are quite excited about a hatch, we're all excited about the hatch. Um, yeah, so, everyone decides to get Pally. Let's all be mates, let's all let's hang out together. We've got a bit of Victoria, got a bit of Jamie, got a bit of the Doctor. Let's all investigate together. Don't trust that caftan, lass. But also, no. always put her with Victoria. Because if you don't trust someone, make sure you put her with the weakest person. Good plan. So, caftan tries to kill her a couple of times. Good work. Um, Kleeg does some really exciting stuff with numbers. Like, he knows his numbers. Like, I trust that man. And the Doctor's pretty good with numbers. I'll give him that as well. Numbers make the hatch open. Oh, good job, Numbers. Down into a shaft. Oh my God! There's like a big beehive. A big, not a beehive. Well, it could be. Honey, honeycomb. It, it, honeycomb. 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 Um, <laughs> it's you're thinking Wirren. You're thinking Pharaohs. You're thinking so many things. <gasps> then. Then Cleek presses his buttons, does his numbers, does his numbers, and some Cybermen wake up, come out, and start trying to do their stuff. Very exciting. It is quite exciting, let's be honest. Um, some people die uh, along the way, just kind of collateral damage. There's no purpose to their death, you just die. Um, then, big head controller man, cyber controller. As a plan, you find out the whole thing was a fairly good test. They wanted really clever people to get into the tomb, because clever people blow stuff up, um, and be the ones that they could then use for new, for new Cybermenness. I think that's what they wanted them for. Let's convert them to Cybermenness. Um, doesn't work, but they do do a bit of snail racing, it's so cool. Like all the oh, yes. go around in the puddle. <laughs> We're like, right, mine's gonna win. It's got a big three on the back. Go on, it's gonna go, 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 go. <laughs> um, yes, so they do some snail racing, but actually it's side mats and they, they do a bit of damage, do a bit of scaring you at night, having a bit of a camp and then, you know, side mats come running out, not nice. Um, the ship was a bit damaged, not anymore. Missed that bit out, but we're all good now. Um, run out the hatch, close it quick, we'll all escape, we'll be fine. I think that's it. Let's leave the planet. Oh, by the way, we've got a ship that we can get off here with. 
Oh, sorry, should have told you that earlier. Oh, well, sod you. Bye! (laughs) Well, I don't think there was any stone left unturned there, was there? (laughs) I think we had quite an incisive little view into what happened there. You are welcome. Thank you to our synopsis expert. Mm -hmm. Could you stay on the sofa for a minute, please? (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to get rid of me. This sofa is... Fully enclosing me. Yes. And now the weather with Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've just realised I've made a a fatal error and that is my notes are on this iPad and I have no way of getting to them. (laughs) They're just in here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So now we have to have a slight recording break while I get them off somehow. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Right, my, my thing's printing. <laughs> Sorry, I can get it. Oh. Good. So, what are your first memories of Tomb of the Cybermen, Alex? Um... I do remember the excitement. I think this was the first one that I remember being recovered. I think in terms of missing episodes wise, it was kind of like, oh my God, this is actually a thing. You can, someone could potentially have recorded this stuff and they could be available. And I think it was the first time I was aware of that being a concept. So it was, I remember it was really quite exciting. Um, I think Mm. I remember being quite excited for you because I remember feeling like how monumental that would be for you like something especially Victoria Waterfield being as I knew how insane you were about her I kind of was like oh he's gonna be so happy about this um and I don't remember being disappointed so I think I I was quite I was glad that there was a plot I was glad it was Cybermen Cybermen have always been probably my favorite kind of go-to monster they just they, they generally always deliver they, they, the concept behind a Cyberman I just find fascinating. Um, and so, yeah, I think generally it was a, a fairly positive thought. Um, and yeah, I, I remember that it was quite moody. Um, and yeah, yeah, that definitely came again. How's about you? Yeah, I mean, I remember there was a, there was a fake news report about it being recovered about a year earlier so when it was recovered in 92 it was really weird because it's like well that's just that fake thing come round again a year later but then it wasn't and then it was released on video like really quickly mm. and I remember buying it from the WM um, from the Tesco's in or the WH Smith's in Exeter when I was at university and it was like right. oh, I could actually got two of the seven in my hands and I, <laughs> I loved it absolutely loved it and there's lots of people who are disappointed i'm like well what it's amazing it's so good love it i still do yes so i remember also seeing lots of pictures of kaftan with a cybermat on her shoulder going yeah Um, (laughs) in doctor who whatever it was monthly probably but um i just felt it had a very nice oh 
what what really gets to me gets me about it today is that every character is quite well delineated. There's a few um, red shirts, people who are not anything, but most people have got yeah, a delineated, clear character. Yeah, and I think it's a nice yeah. cast, and it's they all work well together, and it's nicely done as a character piece as well as everything else yeah. to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the problem, I take it, is to open these doors, right? Huh, brilliant. That is the problem. And we would prefer it if you returned to wherever you came from. Oh, not very friendly, are they, Doctor? Oh, yes, do as he says. I'm afraid that became impossible the moment that name was mentioned. What name? Cybermen. Cybermen? What are they? I knew they were here on the same quest. No one would come here for any other reason. We must stay. Oh, Doctor. Oh, must we? I don't like the look of those things at all. We shall stay and help you with your search. First, we don't want your help. That's just it. You so obviously do. Now, I'm sure we can agree. I can open those doors for you. It's our problem. And I suggest you take this ridiculous expedition of yours off this planet. It seems to me we have as much right here as you have. Of course you have. Mr. Klieg, must I remind you again that you do not speak for this expedition? I am its leader. You and Miss Kaftan are only here on sufferance. Well, thank you. And whose money is paying for the hire of that rocket? Mine. I thought I made it quite clear that your financial support did not entitle you to a say in the running of this expedition. Of course it was quite clear. Was it not, Eric? Of course. No one questions your leadership. Ah, Professor. good. That's all settled. And now we shall open these doors. Hmm. Nice. My biggest surprise is the planet is not called Telos. It's clearly called Telos. Oh, really? They kept saying yeah, Telos. I never heard them say Telos once. They said Telos twice. And I was like, ah, new information. This is an archaeological expedition. We are searching the universe for the last remains of the Cybermen. Cybermen? You mean to say they came from here? But of course. Telos was their home. This is the entrance to their city. We know they died out many centuries ago. What we don't know is why they died out. Oh. Yes. Thank you. And in other stories, do they talk about it so we know whether or not they called it Telos or Telos? They call it Telos. They call it Telos, yeah. They definitely do. Okay. And the publishing company, Telos Publishing, that's definitely Telos, but I think they've got it all wrong and it's all Telos from the very beginning. You tell them. You frickin' tell them. I shall send them a stern tweet. Yeah. I do. But wasn't it good the way that they really, from straight away, that they put kind of set a mood? Was it maybe because it was, was it done in film or something? It was just, there was something about it that just... Straight away, you felt quite drawn in. It felt, I don't know whether it was the, the film or the, the script or something, but within the, the first scene, you're like, no, I'm, I'm quite gripped here already. Like, I, I felt like it opened quite strongly. I think the setup was so good because it was really clear straight away that they were trying to find these tombs really early on. And then you've also got on the side of that, you've got the Doctor and Jamie introducing... Um, Victoria to the TARDIS, and that's all on film as well, so it's all lovely and echoey, and it feels really crisp. Yes. That, I think that's the bit that I was thinking, was just that it was oh, right, the, that. The, the Jamie and, and the Doctor and that, and, yeah, it was... I, I didn't I didn't want to kill Victoria at that point. Like, it was quite nicely yeah. done. Like, the, the kind of innocence bit was quite sweet there. No, I liked it. And I hadn't realised the very first shot, I think, or, well, the very first scene with the TARDIS, anyway, is actually on Scarrow. That background is Scarrow from the end of Eve of the Daleks. Uh, because they're leaving Scarrow with Victoria after everyone's died. And I hadn't realised that's actually Scarrow. So, yes. Oh. Uh-huh. 
It's my home. At least it has been for a considerable number of years. What are all these knobs? What, these? Instruments. These are for controlling our flight. Flight? Well, yes. You see, we travel around in here through time and space. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't laugh. It's true. What are all these knobs? <laughs> <laughs> good line we like it. <laughs> i i loved the um the american accent dude oh my goodness oh, Wasn't Hopper. He awful, yeah. but brilliant yeah. oh so good i just I, I just wanted him to keep talking like i just everything he said it just it was joyful with how awful it was but yeah he kind of he really went for it like he didn't kind of lose hope with his his american accent like he really just tried his hardest throughout he didn't yeah uh, you just blew yourself a pair of doors was just amazing but but then <laughs> in the background yay <laughs> it was so adorable i think that's i think that's kaftan i think that's shirley cooklin really right, over the to top yeah, yeah. Hooray! Yeah. god terrible that's a yes, bad moment gorgeous. i think but it's kind of sweet as well yes. yeah Man, you just blew yourself a pair of doors. <laughs> well, come on, what are we waiting for? Yeah, she's very excited. But one thing that did really shock as you kind of get into it was the fact that they had planned an archaeological expedition that would only take one day. That was a really odd concept. The fact they were like, oh my God, we're going to have to stay here. It's like... This is archaeology. Like, this should take months. This is so bizarre <laughs> yeah. that they think they're going to be in and out and like, job done, see ya, archaeologist <laughs> job, tick. Like, it's just bizarre that that would be their thought. I know. Um, so I think there's a feature on one of the Cybermen DVDs, Tomb of the Cybermen DVDs, which I haven't got because I haven't got the remastered version. But on it, I think there's a links between Tomb of the Cybermen and Egyptology. And one of the things is that if they're really archaeologists, why has only one of them got a camera, and they don't? You don't see the camera until episode three, and no one's know, taking that pictures. That's one of my notes as well. Like, like you'd have more than one fucking camera if this was your thing. You'd be like blowing your mind. There's one guy with exactly. a paper and pen. I'm thinking, I know got a spaceship, but the most technology you've got is a paper and pen to note this shit. I know. It was I know. mental. I must write it down. This is the only way I can record what is happening here. <laughs> But um, I did love all the Egyptology stuff. And like the fact that the Cybermen icons either side were just like oh, the Egyptian the sort of like oh, icons. They were. They oh, really so were clever. And I didn't realise until I, I read up that Kit Peddler and Jerry Davis, who wrote this one, they were really interested in Egyptology. So it was deliberately from the angle uh, okay. that it wanted those. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. was no, it cool. was a really beautiful angle to it i did yeah i did enjoy seeing that it just i guess it's the coziness that we've always yeah. felt from anything egyptology like really came across with it there was a real coziness to the tomb of it like it yeah it was just quite gorgeous yeah and there's always a link between our episodes our last episode with pyramids of mars and we've now got an egyptological thing always a link oh, sorry tell me about God. tell me about kaftan kaftan 
was strong. She was fierce from day one. We know that I like a, a strong female character, but she is like, she's not taking shit from anyone. She's all like, if she could say it nicely, she chooses not to. She's just like, she's gonna keep every man in that area on their toes because she knows she has to be strong. She has to hold the cards because all women will be made to feel like shit otherwise. So she just, she's, there's a fierceness to her that no one's messing with her on. And I just, it's not easy to, to get, to garner respect by being a woman who's fierce in those situations, but I think she really does. Like, everyone is like, shit, what should we do? Let's check with Kaftan, otherwise she might <laughs> blow her shit. Yeah. Like, I just, I really like that about her. I, what I loved about very early on um, still is when they ran up the hill and they each ran up the hill as their character would and Vine is sort of nervous and he's the last one up because he's already all stressed and um, and Hopper's obviously very athletic but then Ka- Kaftan, she's sort of greedy in her run. She does a greedy little run and she's like, she's she's it feels to me like she's more after the gold and the treasure and she's like, ah! And she's yes. it's a greedy run yes. and I can't explain it. And it's just like, I really noted that down. It's like their runs tell us everything about each character. And I think that was good characterization. So they all really embodied them. Yeah. yeah no, they, they were very clear characters. You're right. Each one you were like, oh yeah. Like you could tell straight away, Hayden didn't have enough of a character. And I was like, shit, how long's he got? <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea when he dies, but it can't be too long because and so there's nothing special about this dude. So who's Hayden? How do I know him? Bernard Holly. So he just died a few weeks ago. Um, he's the head axon in Claws of Axos. Um, he's kind of in loads of different things. In... I think it's unlikely that's the one. That no, I know. There's lots of sitcoms where he's just in all the time and stuff. But I couldn't. I was looking the other night and I couldn't find the things that really made me think, oh, yeah, that's what I know him from the most. I also wrote down Marge Simpson hair for Kaftan. Yeah. but way cooler like it was really cool hair didn't you think it was very tall someone made a decision there it's like let's see how high we can go i guess it made it quite regal and kind of again probably added to her fierceness like she certainly shouldn't have her hair down by her shoulders she should be fighting everyone with her high hair I think that's a, a good thought. Yeah. Oh, something else that I noticed from the first TARDIS scene, which I thought was really interesting, because I've never seen any Doctor like do a sort of Colin Baker-like thing, but then I realised that Colin Baker may have been aping Patrick Troughton, because he does that uh, that line, a smooth takeoff, a smooth takeoff, and it really reminded me of Colin Baker's Doctor. You know how he repeats things louder and angrily. Try to give us a smooth takeoff, Doctor. We don't want to frighten her. A smooth takeoff. A smooth takeoff. What a nerve! Oh. Yes, and I'd oh, know- let's hope that's not what he was doing. <laughs> but I hadn't realised other doctors, other doctors did that. So yes, that was interesting. We we need to talk about the elephant in the room that has led to certain people cancelling this story, and that's because of Toberman being black and the servant. Oh, yes, and a slave. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunate. It's not good. But it's then. Yeah. Doesn't make me not want to watch the story. I like the story a lot. 
yeah i guess yeah it, it's not good um but yeah i guess it's all of their it's they're not okay in terms of sexism the way they yeah. treat fucking victoria is so shitty oh yeah not okay. exactly um, so but it's yeah it doesn't make it okay to do what they're doing there but it's just i think yeah i I, I can't allow anything to be cancelled Doctor Who wise because yeah. I think all of it is inappropriate to a degree. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, there's yeah. no, there's not neither of us are signing up saying it's all fine. This is now. <laughs> We're not saying that. It's kind of like but at the same time yeah, you, yeah it's some of it is feels a bit yeah. Oh, it's awful and it's just yeah, it's a really yeah, you can imagine being a black kid in that era yeah. just thinking Great, that's all we are. That's all I've got yeah. as a role model. That that's yeah. that's my life. And yeah. so yeah, it it is completely unacceptable. But it's yeah. um yeah, it it doesn't yeah, it doesn't to me doesn't take the the story's cleverness away. It just is a really a real shame within it. Yeah. At what point do I start my strong defence of Victoria? Is now a good point? Oh, oh yes. No, if you could Oh, fiddle. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I just felt... I thought she was going to be shit. And the only thing about watching this, I was thinking, oh, God, I'm going to have to defend Victoria to Alex again. Because, yeah, back in the day, I went on about how amazing she was. And that's because those books are some of the best books ever. That series of books with Jamie and Victoria and those stories, I just loved them. And I know Victoria is weaker in the TV series and actually in the books a bit, but I kind of felt she was stronger in the books. But... In, in Tomb of the Cybermen, I really thought, oh, God, she's gutsy. She's good here. Can I tell you all of the times when she's good here? Shall I? Yeah, please. Please do. Okay. So when they say about the, the women had better remain here and Victoria fights against that, against that immediately, she doesn't accept that despite being Victorian. She's like, no, bad. Yes. Which is okay. good. Right, I'll take it. Yeah. And then, because I wrote down every time. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm worth... Ah. I've, written, I've been really awfully um, sexist and I've just written chunky ankles. Oh, wow! <laughs> oh, there's one point in episode... Th- um... Oh, yeah, I love how Victoria learns that getting help from men is a bad idea in episode three when she goes to get get their help with the levers and she's just, like, so angry with them in the end because they won't... They get angry with her and she's like, oh, God, I just think she's learning that don't get men for help. Just rely on yourself. But um, there's, nice. one, there's one point where she does a diversionary scream to... Um, to pretend that she's screaming so that the distract so they distract um I think it's Kafton at that point, but it's a really clever diversionary scream. Um Yes, I did yes. And that was yes, that was to make it look like there was the side mat again because there yeah, had been the first yes, time. Exactly. Did, yeah, yeah, no, that was quite good. And then there was when the, the probably the scariest shot of the whole thing is when the, the side man looms up over the doctor on the stairs, coming up the shaft. Um, in the hatch mm. and Victoria is the only one who and then she runs and hits him she... with a plastic <laughs> yeah she does but she's the one who attacks it she's the very bravest one she does she, Thank she you. is she is good you're right yeah no she does so much I, I think I'm just yeah no I don't even have reasons I, was, I think it was just I think I mean, honestly Victoria could have lost women the vote no agency just follows instructions badly and screams right more examples <laughs> episode 4 
Okay, good. Victoria stands up to Catherine and Cleve. When Kaftan, she's one of them talks to her and she says, I'm talking to him, not you. She says to Kaftan. I'm like, yes, go for it, Victoria. Ooh. Yeah, I'm talking to him, not you. And then when Commander Captain Hopper turns out to be utterly useless, she says, good to know we have your strength to count on, Captain. Sarcastically, she says. <laughs> yeah, that Sounds was like, quite yes. sarcastic. <laughs> Oh, right. When you put it all together like that, she did do good. More than I thought, but I was yeah. really looking for it. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm not having this, this steamroller of her being crap. So there. And honestly, uh, Jamie did a really good job of being shit on her behalf. Like, he did... Jamie like, does nothing. Straight away. He doesn't... He doesn't well, he, he, try, he tries to pull on the handles for a bit and he's just so shit and not had much exercise lately and you just like yeah. it's just really gross it just reminds me of a lot of men who can't ever admit that they're just oh, not I really know. good at something I've got one last one at the end when they're sarcastic mm-hmm. about the TARDIS which as you say that's a big plot point that they don't mention the TARDIS beforehand Victoria has another go at Hopper and she says at least it works unlike their rocket She's yes. not, she's not happy with Hopper. Good. Happy with Hopper, not happy with Hopper. Yeah. Anyway, no. that was no. that was my Good. Victoria um, apologist moment. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. She did do better than most. Oh, and um, and most importantly yeah. of all, oh, she shoots the Cybermat, the tiny Cybermat. She shoots it first time with the gun. Yes. Yes, she does. Thank you. She's yes, she, she's impressive. Really, it's like it's like watching Sarah Jane be brilliant. Exactly. Do you really believe you can bargain with those terrible Cybermen? That is our concern, not yours. I'm talking to him, not you. They will have to agree to our plan. What about the other weapon? What other weapon? Well, I saw another one like that in that room over there. Is that true? I don't know. But we'd better make sure. I do love a Cybermat. I've always loved a Cybermat. I love them so much in Revenge, which I would have definitely seen before this. And I love where they came from. Like, I love what Cybermats were then. I love what they've become in Revenge. And I just... I love that there's little sizes to them. Yes, you get, like, a little Cybermouse. And then you get like a cyber chinchilla kind of a thing. And it's, yes. like, it's really cute. They're all kind of up the scale. And so, yeah, I did really enjoy those. They, um, but yeah, what, I don't what, know why. I think probably just the childish of me that loved a tiny yeah. little creature. But the thing is, they achieve absolutely nothing. And they've posed no threat whatsoever. And I hadn't realised that before. No. No one gets hurt by them. I think Kaftan gets bitten by one or something. And she's, she's asleep for a bit, is she? It just kind of knocks her out, yeah, yeah. that's it. But they really yeah. don't really do anything. and They are useless. And then there's one randomly on the floor when they kind of close the door right at the end. I'm like, well, what's that Cybermat doing? Oh, it's just there. Yeah, <laughs> what's it going to achieve? It's going to take over the world. No, it's kind of like a, ah, we thought we'd get oh, rid okay. of them, but then this one's going to... This one's got out and it's going to absolutely fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They are so useless, aren't they? So useless. <laughs> this is something. Yes. Bee, bee, that... bee, bee. <laughs> they didn't do anything. <laughs> That's done it. <laughs> oh, no. Didn't you like that the Cybermen do little pointy handgun things? 
Brilliant. Yes, they're very it good. It was really good. I'd not seen that before. Zzz. It was a bit rest on robot Yes. Not really. Right, I need you to explain something to me. Can you explain hmm. the purpose of the testing room? The weapons testing room. What's going on there? I don't understand that. Oh, yeah. So, what, what they're doing... What they're doing there... <laughs> Can you take me you through it? Weapons testing room expert. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what they like to do in that room is... is, is test their weapons. There we go. Um, by having a weapon secreted in the wall behind them... That's huge. Um, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> While... Putting a hypnotising thing on the wall to check that you're an alert Cyberman. And if you're not an alert Cyberman, there you go, shot in the back. If you are good and you jump to one side, then it tests it on the, the Cyberman on the rail. <laughs> okay, I'm convinced. That makes perfect know. sense. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. I'm really just like trying to get my head around it. I'm like, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense at all. No, In any, any world. Yes. No. I reckon it was written as something completely different. And then when they came to put it in the studio, they're like, oh, this doesn't work. We'll have to just do this and we'll make it happen somehow. But it doesn't make any sense. Maybe there's never supposed to be anyone in there. Maybe it's just like, it's a gun. It's a Cyberman, a, a husky Cyberman. And then you just, you test it from another room. Maybe that's the missing piece. Okay. But apparently it's just as important as the revitalization room, which is the other room. So they're on a par. Yeah, you need to have good weapons. Good weapons I know, good. but yeah, if it was more of an armory, yes. But I don't know. But also... You... So when we're saying revitalisation, yeah. this isn't the how to become a Cyberman, is it? It's just how to get a bit more energy. Yes, it? and that's the or thing, because I always thought that was going to be a Cyberman making room, but it's not. It's just an energizer, isn't it? Yeah. So Victoria wasn't necessarily in much danger. It was just she was going to lose the air. Yes, I think. Yes, but they really needed a... Yeah, they definitely missed a trick there. They needed a conversion chamber, really, as well. But had that concept already been nutted out at that stage? Yeah, that was already... Yeah, but they hadn't really ever done it. I mean, you see see Turbomen's arms, though, don't you? You see Turbomen's got Cybermen arms at the end. Right. Yes, so they're able to do something. Yeah, they might have said... Oi, oi, Toberman, put those gloves on. Put the silver gloves on. (laughs) That's how we have our arms. But also, (laughs) I don't know what you think, Alex, but when you are in the past, think back through your life. Times when you've been in bad situations and evil logicians have taken over. Logicians. Yes. Yes. And you think... With the evil logicians. And you're thinking, where should I imprison them what room should i put them in Mm. to imprison them because they're dangerous i'll put them in the weapons testing room that's where i'll put them (laughs) (laughs) no it's a good call it's a really good call yeah and yeah definitely as as soon as as kaftan has 
quite clearly been trying to kill Victoria. Like the, the doctor runs in and kind of like stops her. He's like, oh, yeah, you two pair up again together. But like I said, be very careful. No, no actually, just don't be puppy with her again. We know she's a mad bitch. Just should not do that. Just mad. I mean, I love that bit where um, after... Victoria's almost revitalised by um, Kaftan and the Doctor knows that Kaftan's done it. Kaftan's blatant! Marisa was saying she loved how blatant Kaftan was when she said, did you touch any of these? And she was like, no! <laughs> it's just such a downright lie. It was just amazing. She's like, no! Yeah. But also, the Doctor says, she, the so Doctor does that aside to her. You'll have to be a little more careful in future to Kaftan. He knows full well yes, that she did it. he's not having any of it. But as you say, he still yeah. puts her with Victoria. This is an issue. The Doctor, this is a really good example of the Doctor really being naughty and meddling and too curious, isn't it, this story? Yes. Yeah, no, he wants to thrust himself into this story, like, 100%. Like, he just wants to find out what's going on. He wants to get down that hatch. He wants to do all of it. Yeah, no, he is far too excited and really doesn't give a shit about it. I'm like, it's a shame that people die, but oh well, let's carry on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, he really does want it. Exactly. And I do think it's a shame yes. that that first person who dies doesn't have a name. They don't give him a name. They could have easily given him a name, but they don't. And later on, they mention Hayden and someone else dying. Is it Toberman? Is that the... Other people die, don't they? Viner, of course. But it's just, why couldn't you just give him a name? I'm going to call him Stevens. I don't know why, but I feel like he's oh, Stevens. Yeah. Stevens. Okay, that definitely sounds like a dead in the first episode kind of a name. Just, so yes, justice like for it. Stevens. Can we start the campaign here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how wide it'll go, but yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I've got something to read to you from this book. Oh, oh, nice. I want to hear it. Okay, I'm ready. This is a letter from Patrick Troughton himself. Mm. Dear Troughton family. Filming at Waspy's Wood Quarry today, not far from Don's place off the A40. Scrambling up and down mountains of loose rocks all day. My hands are cut to ribbons. Debbie is being great. Fraser and I have started to tease her already. Sorry I can't get to see you sooner, but filming at Ealing next week. Never mind, soon be the holes. Can't wait. Dad. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Adorable, isn't it? Oh my yeah, I thought... goodness! Yeah, isn't that lovely? Oh, yeah, just so nice. Just such a clear and honest and loving thing from a dad to his kids. Oh, how wonderful! Yeah, bless. Him. Oh, what a flower! You just imagine he would be a good man. Well, yes. Oh, uh, let, let's him. just skate over the fact that he had two families at the same time and not talk about that, though. Yes. <laughs> oh. 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 Oh, how did I not know this? <laughs> yes. I don't think his first wife ever knew, but he had two marriages and two families, yeah. Yeah. Like... Synonymously for a long time. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at this point, when he was in Who, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you can be a famous person and still manage to do that. Surely that, oh my goodness. 
Well, I think this is one of the reasons he was so private. You know, he never gave interviews, and I think that was one of the reasons. But yeah. Wow. But his son. Oh, his I son. You need more on that. His son wrote this book. Michael Troughton wrote this book, and he loved him to bits. So he obviously was fine about it. You know, so yeah. I think right. he, he still hung out with his children. I mean, it's not like our dad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I guess he'd be a very loving person that he can do it with a lot of people, but still. Um, I liked the Cyber Emerge music, didn't you? It was like really... The what? Music? shit. The Cyber Emerge, like yes. they kind of emerged from things. It was really like all fucking hell. That's a stock music track called Space Adventure. Which I shall play in. Oh wow! I shall play in now, or I'll probably already have been playing it because you've already mentioned it. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um. So, it was Doctor Kelman, wasn't it? Is it Kelman? Who? He's the crystals dude, isn't he, from Planet of the Spiders? Oh yes, Cyril Shapps. No, not Kelman. You're thinking of Avenger the Cybermen, Doctor. Something else. Well, maybe not Kelman. Something, the, someone the who... one from Planet of the Spiders, then. Yeah, he's in loads of stuff, Silver Shaps. He's also the Archimandrite with the giant hat in Androids of Tara. Uh... Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is in everything. I oh, did and he's... look, and he's, like, he's been in the 200 TV shows. He's also in Ambassadors of Death. He's the one who has the... Um, he gets the plate, and it, inside is the... Um, what's it called? The uranium, or whatever it is, in the isotope, is his dinner. So he's trapped in the cell with the terrible radiation and he dies of radiation poisoning. It's not nice. Yes. Oh, poor flower. Okay. Um, did you notice Jamie stroking Toberman at one point? No, I didn't. It's really odd. He just like, there was like a different conversation kind of going on. And in the background, like Toberman was kind of sat down and Jamie was like stroking his head and his shoulders. Very odd. No. I th- it happened. Okay, no, it please. Happened. It's almost a bit like the weird moment in Seeds of Death when Jamie and Zoe have a milkshake and they're sat there with, with drinks and straws and they're sitting there having a drink. It's so weird. I've never, ever noticed it before. <laughs> wow. Yes. Well, please look out for the Toberman stroking section. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. There's a bit where... Um, uh, but again, I'm getting very close to the end here. Sorry. Um, yes. Can you can you back up a is... bit? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Kaftan's like, she wants a better world. Yeah. She's like, oh, I do this for a better world. I have no idea what her better world is. What is she trying to achieve? Like, I don't get what. So she's thinking she's going to change. So Klieg is definitely just about. He's a Bond villain, isn't he? Essentially, Cleeg just wants to be. Oh, he really is, but he actually is, isn't he? He's in, isn't he, in a Bond film? I think so. But it's yeah. just, he's just completely mad. I love the Doctor pushing him so far in that scene, just to find out that he's mad. And he said, "I did think you're mad. I was yes. just checking. That was brilliant. I love that. <laughs> it was One of actually my... quite undoctory. Yes, brilliant though. Ah, yes, as you say." Such a combination between intelligence and power would make you formidable indeed. Why, you'd be commander of the universe with your brilliance. It it makes the imagination real with the possibilities. Why, Doctor, if I'd only known you shared my imagination, you might even have worked for me. 
Perhaps it's not too late. Doctor! No, oh, Jamie, don't you see? Don't you see what this is going to mean to all the people who come to serve Krieg, the all-powerful? No country, no person would dare to have a single thought that was not your own. Eric Krieg's own conception of the... of the way of life. Brilliant. Yes. Yes, you're right. Master of the world. Well, now I know you're mad. I just wanted to make sure. But... Kathleen, I think she quite rightly is wanting power as a woman, and I think she's had a bad lot. My backstory for her is that she's had a really shit life, and she's like, I'm going to get something for myself now. Right. But, so therefore I don't think it's an ethical, oh, I want a better world. I think that's just bad scripting at that point, because I think she's just greedy. She's a greedy person, I think, and she's like, I want something in my life. Yes. But mm. Okay. So, yeah, because I just felt like, maybe, yeah, like you say, the script and they actually couldn't come up with something. So that's why they kind of cut her off halfway through that sentence. Because it's like, I want this better world. And then I think she gets knocked out or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was really hopeful to find out what that could be. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, also, yeah. there's a quite a big difference. Like, the, sorry, back to the Toneman piece is I think there's a thing that British people do where they believe that if if someone else treats you badly then yeah. that's not okay but if a british person treats you badly then well at least it was a british person so you're quite lucky kind of thing and <laughs> and so when like when patrick Trout is trying to kind of convince tobman to kind of fight against the cyber controller he's like oh you know that they're bad they're evil they do horrible things to you. they make you do that and like it's just like He's just describing exactly what his previous kind of controllers were doing to him yes. as well. It's like one of them was human, yes, one of them was Cyberman. Right. Actually, there's no difference between the two. You want you want to turn him just so he bats the cyber controller in the head. Yeah. Like they want the cyber controller wants to bat the humans in the head. Like I just don't feel like there was any difference between the two people trying to, to own him. They were just, yeah, oh no, it's us though. They're evil and we're really good. So yeah, you should definitely. And I was like, God, that would not be enough to to fight against any kind yeah. of brainwashing that anyone's ever been through. But That's a really good yeah, point. No. That's a really good point. Love it. Toberman, you see what these creatures have done to you? They've tried to make you like them. Do you understand? They've tried to make you their slave. They just want to use you. They are evil. Think of Kaftan. They must be destroyed, you see. Evil must be destroyed. Now, come. Destroy. Come. Come on. Come on. Yes, good. But also, I do find ducks aren't the best thing to make you terrified. If you say, make a scary sound, you generally don't make the sound of a duck. And I just like the towards the end, the Cybermen just sound like ducks. It's really strange. It's, like, it's just yeah. very odd. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have some use for you. <laughs> or parts of you.
You've got to chip that first. I was just going to set, go back to the weapons testing room for a minute. And don't you think that when they discover they've got one gun between them, that Captain and Cleek think, oh, we can do everything. We've got one gun. They put so much... <laughs> They think they can do everything with this one gun. It's so weird. I love how party poppery it is as well. <laughs> it just pop. It's like, oh, that's what yes. we came all the way here for. One gun. Now everything is ours. Yes. Oh, question. <laughs> Would you have yes. a hatch that is one way? Because originally the feeling is once they go down the hatch... By the way, Blake 7 symbol on the top of the hatch. Just pointing that out. But... um. Oh, yes. I missed that. When they go down the hatch and Cleeg is fid- and Viner are fiddling with the controls to begin with, or is it just Cleeg? Anyway, and he says, oh, you're just doing the door hatch, aren't you? And he's like, oh, yes, maybe I am, but he's not. He's defrosting the Cybermen. It turns out that one, oh, none yes. of those levers are actually hatches. And the only way to open the hatch is from above. That's a, that's a f- design fault in the tombs. No, I'm sure they talk about the fact that, that you can definitely open it. For they the, do talk about it, but it's never well. done. The Simon actually have to break ah, through but it. not being... Oh. Do you know what I mean? It's bizarre. Yeah, that's true. They do break through. Yeah. I think that's So maybe mistake. you can lock it. I, I think they, the point definitely is that you could open it from down below. Mm. But maybe not if it's been... Oh, fuck, no, that doesn't make sense. You're right. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, I, do, I think we need to get to your favourite character. Professor Perry. Yeah. I think this... I... Yeah, carry on. Carry on. No, you. No, you. I was just going to say, I think this just comes back to that thing we've talked about many times where I tried to find father figures in my life and he just seemed... (laughs) He just seemed reliable and like someone who would look after me in that situation. And I was like, Professor Perry seems really nice. And I don't know why I like him when I'm this years old reading this book, but it's because I haven't got a father who cares about me. Reality check. <laughs> I think that's what it is. He, uh, yeah, and he, it's the care. I think I love how sensible he is. Like everyone else is a little bit fucked in the head, a little bit yeah. kind of, rah, but like he's just, I would have him as my leader. Like I oh, don't yeah. trust many people and most Doctor Who characters, I'm like, nah. But he's really quite oddly sensible. He's like, actually, no. We should have done more prep. We should have thought about the fact that one day isn't enough to put a We actually need to go now. And like, I really, I like that he was willing to walk away from a huge wealth of kind of new information for the sake of everyone's safety. And uh, that's, yeah, I did think he was really quite good there. He, yeah, I, I trust him. Yeah. I trust him a lot. And I think he owns the fact that he, he doesn't say it, but he made a massive moral mistake of taking Kaftan and Kleeg's money and thinking that was going to be okay because his passion for archaeology mm. took overtook his morality and his ethics and he suddenly he realizes yeah. oh shit they're just in it for power and evil and his archaeology yeah. took over so it was like really interesting that was a nice strand i thought yeah yeah no definitely yes um there was um oh I, sorry i'm just back to back to hopper um, just some characters balled up the lot. It's just so brilliant. I know. What? Do you think any American ever talked in those sentences ever? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Stop it though. Yeah. We need to get off this crummy planet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the Cybermen's language. You talked about their duck noises. 
But I think the only thing that disappointed me when I was when I watched this when I was twenty in nineteen ninety two was that when the Cybermen speak at the end of episode two and they say you're lying to us, you're lying to us. It's it's really hard to hear what they're saying. And they can't say K's. But they say it twice. They don't do. They? they can't say K's. Uh, and I just think or C's. And I just think it's really funny that that of all the people who want to team up with them, the people who want to team up with them start with a K so they couldn't say their okay. name. <laughs> so it'll be like Lee <laughs> Aftan <laughs> And I wrote, I wrote down on my notes because he's Eric Cleek, so they couldn't even say that bit. So it'd be Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you are Eric Cleek. Yes. So I, no, I, I honestly, I did quite like their voices. The no, I did. Voices this were time, kind of later on, like the the uh, yeah, this time. I think the first time I heard it, it kind of jolted me a yeah. bit much, and I thought, oh, that's a bit silly. Um, but no, I I kind of quite like their voices. They did seem. Well, they seemed very robotic, which was impressive. Like, the monotone really worked well. So I wasn't against their voices. No. I think it was just towards the end they had some weird duck noises going on. <laughs> yes, they really, really but... did. Oh, we've got to talk about... I, I don't usually like to point out special effects, but the string hanging up Toberman was just so obvious. It was just, oh, that was really bad, wasn't it? The wire... Christy was quite upset by that. Yeah, he was only obviously in the room for about five minutes, but he was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was very, very upset yeah, about this. I think story. that's one of the... Th- but yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I don't know. It's it. I really don't. Like, honestly, the, to me, effects are just not why no, they're there. No, they're not. Like, effect, like what, what they did do was create a beautiful kind of set that I, I completely trusted. Like, the, the first room they go into with, like, the... The two kind of metal yeah. doors with the signs above them and everything. Like it just I believe every bit oh, of no, it. I loved it all good. the buttons and the levers. Fantastic. And it was it was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm not I'm not against it. I honestly and I'm I'm like, you know, I'm very happy with a Cybermat too. <laughs> of all shapes and <laughs> of sizes. All of them, yeah. Um Ooh. we we've got to talk about one of the best scenes, the most lauded scenes in this story, and that's the scene at night where the Doctor and Victoria have the chat, and she's he's like, "Are you happy with us, Victoria?" and all that, and about bringing his family up in his in his eyes and remembering them and all that stuff. But oh yes, that's true. Yes, but there's one line in it that reminded me of something else, and it takes us back to Pyramids of Mars, and that is he says at one point, "No one in the universe can do what we're doing. Our lives are different to anybody else's." That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. We must get some sleep and let this poor old man stay awake. And it's the excitement of being the Doctor and the Companion. And it's interesting because it suddenly made me think of, of Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen because that's what he said to Elizabeth Sladen. He took her onto the set of The Brothers and said... Isn't it amazing that we're making Doctor Who? Because no one else in the acting profession can do what we're doing. And we're, we're travelling through time and space. Oh, wow. And so he took it onto the opposite, onto a set in the next studio sort of thing. And then they came back to Doctor Who and they were just like really happy they were doing what they were doing. And it just really reminded me of that story. You know, no one in the universe can do what oh, we're doing. Stunning. I know, isn't it? Love it. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it is quite... I think that's possibly part of what I find doesn't work for me about new Doctor Mm -hmm. Who is it just, the whole of space and time seems very cluttered. (laughs) Like you're going to, you're going to 
hit as some kind of wandering space time warrior wherever you go like they're just everywhere like there's just not the they don't feel special there's just another thing that kind of does some stuff like there's so many kind of space corporations that kind of are policing stuff and i just yeah I, i don't feel like that kind of that renegade time lord thing the the that person running off to change the world is is possible anymore like there's just so much weird backstory with new doctor who that it just it mm-hmm. takes the coziness of what they do away a little bit it's yeah no it, it just seems too structured it's too that the universe that it now has feels more blake 70 like in my right. head i'm imagining like so many planets everywhere there's like a big kind of federation governing it there's, that feels like the the universe that has now been created whereas yeah. i felt like it was a lot more disparate planets yeah that didn't have i guess the I don't know. I think it wasn't being policed by anyone. It was just being dotted right into. You see, I like the background stuff. I like the Tayoon stuff and the Doctor not necessarily being from Gallifrey, but from earlier. I like all that stuff. But what I don't like is that every story is about saving the universe and about like every time it's like, and the universe was seen to be small and everything's, yes, like you say, it's not got the size, the scope, the range. And it's just like, everything's always too much about, you have to save the universe every time. And that's annoying. Yes, really, really frustrating. You've just absolutely grown to not believe in any of that. You're just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. It, just, it would be quite nice if there was one just confined to a small room. With just yeah, one small like, the, thing. like the, Angels ep- <laughs> the Angels episode. If that had just been a visit to that village and that was all it was, that would have been amazing yes. and better. Yes. yes, oh, yes. Oh, it was. It started off so well, didn't oh, it? Yeah. I was really excited. I still one. really enjoyed it. It was but beautiful it was... in the 60s. And... Yeah, but I, I could have... Yeah. But it's the fact that they, the Doctor's excited and Victoria's excited as well about travelling the universe or starting to think, well, this could be okay. But um, it's like the complete opposite yeah. of Peter Davison and Tegan. You know, Tegan's never excited about anything. She always hates everything. <laughs> Just nothing <laughs> Exactly, and it's like... I yeah. like it when the the doctor and the companion want to do stuff, and she doesn't enough. Victoria is a yes. is a flawed companion, I think, and it's she's there because of sexist reasons, and you can't get away from that. But um, but still, the doctor's excitement here is really good. Yeah, no, and he is brilliant, and actually, he wasn't as manic as he is in quite a few of them. Like when I think about what he's like in Seeds of Death, which I guess feels like the last one that I've seen of his, but probably isn't. Um, he, where he was a bit mental, let's be honest. He was really kind of over the top and yeah. silly and doing his skippy dances everywhere. Like this one, I did find him very plausible. And again, yeah, he just, he did good doctoring. He Not, yeah, he did naughty stuff. He did try and get a bit too involved, but I trusted him as the doctor. He made me think, yeah, mm. nah, you're a good dude. I, I want to, I want to be around you. I th- yeah, I think it's the best, most classic Patrick Troughton complete story. I really do. Mm. And I know there's Enemy of the World. I really like that. But I do prefer Tomb of the Cybermen. And I understand why it's always heralded as the classic or was until it was recovered. We have to do Dress for Success. <gasps> Gosh, don't we? Don't we just? I'm gonna get dressed for success. Is, is she singing? 
Yeah, she's sung. She's finished singing. Um, good. So good. Um, I um, I actually had a dress really similar to Victoria's. Mum made me one um, when we were living in Stafford. Um, I remember her talking about the empire lines that she had to do down the, the breast area. Oh my God, it was utterly fetid. I just, I've hated that dress for so long. Oh really bad but at, at an age where that was not okay like if i if it had been when i was like older or even younger it might have been okay but it was in your kind of awkward teens age um where all i want is to wear something kind of normalish from top shop and mum's like but i've made you this dress it's got pink and blue flowers and an empire line down here and um oh it was utterly <laughs> horrific but i knew she'd made it and i remember feeling like i really I ought to try on and I ought to wear it. And she was like, oh, we're next school disco. You should definitely wear that. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> no fucking chance. It was so bad. I don't remember that. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think I ever really wore it, but it was it was there and I had to try it on all the time. And then I think I'd just go, when she'd be like, oh, you can wear that today. And I think I ended up every time in floods of tears saying, please oh, wow. don't make me do this, mum. Yeah, so it, it was quite traumatising, that dress. Uh, on her, I'm not against it, but it was just, it was such an awful thing to expect yes. to put a, a young teenager in. It was, yeah, not I, so I was okay. reading something about how perhaps Polly had left that dress behind. It's like, no, Polly would never have worn that. It wasn't cool enough for Polly. Not in a million freaking <laughs> exactly. years. No, nah, it was a floral shift dress, not no. ever. And the shoes she wore with it were Oh, they nasty were. Ass. They were nasty, really? hobbly shoes. They were horrible. What do you think about Kaftan's Paisley Swirls? Oh, I'm, I'm on board with Kaftan's Paisley Swirls. She can rock them. Like, they're not my choice, but they work well for her. I think that works really well. But she wears... Oh. Don't you think they were purple? Don't you think they were purple? They, I'm yeah. sure they were purple. Yeah, with maybe with hints of yellow in there. But, um, okay. yeah, the, the shoes... What are the shoes that she were wearing, oh, they're like... Oh, those gold flappy ones. <laughs> they're like ju- mum, mum in, in Marbella, weren't they? they were like... Oh, they, to so... me, they were like Romanian housewife that's kind of gone a bit jazzy. Yeah. Uh, have I told you my Shirley Cooklin story? <laughs> what, stuck in a lift with her, were you? No. No. Marisa and I had to give her um, help trying to get a taxi across London. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Did you know? Did she know who you were in any way, like, or you just happened upon she, her? She, she was a little pissed off with me already that day, because um, so okay, so this is going to sound terrible, but it was Jill Hyams' funeral, and I didn't know that one of Jill Hyams' friends was Shirley Cooklin, and and of course I knew all the Tenko people would be there, and. I was there because I'd been working on her um, digital archive for after she'd gone that went to the um, British Film Institute. Um, so, you know, there was, I felt like it was the, it's the only funeral I've been to of anyone, like actory where I've, or writery, and I thought, well, actually, I should be there because she would have wanted me to be there. But anyway, yeah. um, at the wake, where all the Tenko people were, and and there was, there was three three um people who read out stuff about jill and i was one of them there was someone else might have been louise jameson i can't remember and the other one was me and sorry and the other one was shirley cooklin and shirley cooklin went before me (laughs) and shirley cooklin's was a letter from jill 
while she had cancer um, about how her life was now. And it was like, literally, it was like four lines. It wasn't very much. And it was saying, you know, oh, I'm not I'm not enjoying this. And, I'm, you know, it was it was quite bleak. And it wasn't really sharing a lot. But Shirley was really happy to have this letter. And she read out the letter. And um, and I was like, oh, shit, mine's coming up next. And mine was a really long card, like from Jill, <laughs> really nicely written about. It's so nice that I've had this connection to talk to you while I've been ill and all of the different things that she said. And I was thinking, when I read this out, this is going to sound like I'm really like bitch slapping Shirley Cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, move over, Shirls. <laughs> Wait till you hear this one. <laughs> it was. It wasn't good. And afterwards, even Louise Jameson came up to me and said, God, you and Jill got on well, didn't you? <laughs> it was a kind of a bit like you did one over on Shirley Cooklin then. So that was kind of weird. And it was like, oh, that was awkward. Anyway, later on at Jill's flat, because we all went back to Jill's flat for the wake, or at least some of us did. So I was there. With <laughs> yeah, looking... the inner sanctum only. <laughs> yeah, it was the inner sanctum. Jill's, you it might was... not make it this time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, none of the Tenko girls were there, but um, Lavinia was there creator of Tenko, Tenko. Um, Evgeny Gridnev, who was the script editor, but he was also producer of Star Cops. And then there was Shirley Cooklin. So it was a really weird mix of people. And I was like, this mix of people will never happen again. I'm just going to enjoy it mm. while I can, even though it is a genuinely sad day. But it got to the point where everyone wanted to leave and Shirley Cooklin got in a real stress about how she was going to get across London in a taxi. And it's like, well, surely you know London. I assumed she was in London all the time, but apparently not. So anyway, okay. Marisa spent at least 20 minutes trying to help her with taxis. So that's my wow. Shirley Cooklin story. So, and I kept so saying to John... So how do you taxis? Do you not just get one? Do you not just call Yes, one exactly. I don't understand. I'm mean, like Uber or whatever, the time it took. And I think she was being quite particular about what she wanted to do and why and when. And I, I really don't understand how it took wow. so long. But... um. So you're yes. not a friend of Shirley Cooklin now, we say. <laughs> that sounds like a friend of Dorothy, doesn't it? A friend of yeah. Shirley <laughs> yeah. yeah, a friend of Shirley Cooklin. One thing... Really yes. One thing I didn't know about Shirley Cooklin, which I found out only recently, is that her cousin is Ian Levine, the Doctor Who fan. Ian Levine. The famous Doctor Who fan. No? Oh, that one. Yes. <laughs> okay, you don't know. Anyway, um, he recovered lots of Doctor Who, but he recovered lots of Doctor Who. But he like the Daleks and stuff. Famously, he rescued from a um, a skip and stuff like that. But he was like an unofficial advisor on eighties Who. But he kind of has got very big for his boots, and he he but was is very a former oh, fan of the long running television show. What does that yes. mean? Yes. He's really anti it now because of Jodie Whittaker. He's one of those ones. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh. Anyway, we should skate over Ian Levine. We should it would be skate quite a long... well past him. Ew. <laughs> pictures. <laughs> anyway, Shirley Cooklin's cousin, weirdly. Oh, right. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, I just want one more thing about Shirls, and this isn't yep. about my experience of Shirls, my brief encounters. Wasn't it, didn't she make a real meal of her death? I loved how she did a sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> and 
this message. Expect nothing less from good old Shirley. If you take 20 minutes to get a taxi, then you're going to take at least five minutes to die, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. But the, before that, just before she died, I love how how stupid it was that she decided, I'm just going to quickly run over and turn the hatch turn the hatch lever again and just hope no one notices or gets angry with me. <laughs> That's going to get you killed, Captain. Yeah. And so it no, proved. She's brilliant. I've just realised that I didn't finish off dressed for success. Was there anyone else who was oh. dressed for success? I don't suppose there was. Um, I mean, I quite like that the American dudes were both wearing kind of what you'd imagine American dudes to wear. Like they were wearing different outfits to everyone else. They looked a little bit more nylon. Like they just they looked like they'd really <laughs> embraced plastic as as an option for for clothing, yeah. whereas everyone else is a little bit more. British, let's let's say, um, but no, no, there's nothing else. There's nothing hmm. for us here. Peter Hayden's check shirt, check shirt. Oh yeah, but that that just marked him for death, really, didn't it? <laughs> you're wearing a snappy Apparently. shirt. You don't really have a character, so you're dying. Yes. So, I think we've got to the end of this story. Mm. So, mm. sum up, Tomb of the Cybermen. Did you enjoy it? Um, yes, I did. Um, I thought it was longer. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought <laughs> when I was going to embark on it, I was like, "Oh shit, I better, I better set aside some hours." I was thinking it was going to be like a seven episode or something. Oh so really? It was a blessed relief when it was all done and dusted <laughs> in four episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, no. The the one thing that will always come out of my watching of Tomb of the Cybermen is I, there's always because there's so much potential with the, the Cybermen concept like I, I was describing to Christy how like they do kind of deliberately alter the you know the Cybermen as they as we go through time and that they kind of do really evolve and I just I love everything about the Cybermen I love their history I love everything that they mean and quite often they don't fully deliver on that like I felt mm. like it I'm, and I'm judging it more as I would a new Doctor Who as in like on today's standards where you really do have to come up with some pretty impressive goods whereas the old Doctor you kind of forgive them everything but this I just thought like if if I was if they were to get it right I feel like they could have really given the Cybermen something more impressive that they were trying to achieve like the the concept of them trying to get these logicians to kind of be the the next phase of the of of the Cybermen was great, but then it just it did turn into a little bit of a, a shootout and a nah, you're gonna do what I say kind of thing. So yeah, love it, love the the thought, love the scene setting, um, but it, it doesn't hold my attention all the way to the end. Like I I think there's more um, that that they could they needed to be more drama i think towards the end they kind of they, they'd shot so many people by the end that you said oh yeah shooting some more people okay we're all gonna die like you just that that, that it had less impact by the end so was good definitely a, a solid patrick Troughton. but yeah i just i can see so much more possibilities come out of it yeah yeah picking up on that logic thing i really like the fact that Cleeg and kaftan die because in the end they're utterly illogical 
despite being logicians. And like, is logician a word? It seems to be a word. But so. They um, regularly. Yes. But um, the Cybermen kill them because they are being illogical. And it's like the logic is what is exciting to, to them about the Cybermen. And in, in the end, they just choose power over logic. And I think that's really interesting that the Kaftan and the Klieger complete idiots at the end and they're just they have no sense of what danger they're in and i think that's really interesting yeah Yeah. but uh, yeah but i really did enjoy it again i think it's a cozy story i've always loved it i loved the book i loved it when it was returned and i still love it now and victoria's feisty in this one it's not her worst story i'm gonna give you that no honestly she's yeah she yeah i don't love her but she they did make an effort to give her something to do, and I'm pleased with that. Yeah. And I'm so excited for Abominable Snowman coming on, coming out in animation next year, because I love the Abominable Snowman, which is the next story. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. that is exciting. Nice. Yes. Good. Hmm. So, TARDIS is out of ten. Yeah, this is where I want to fight you. This is where I always love. Can, can you have some remi- give me some reminders of what I've chosen for the last few? No. no, no, no. Well, you gave pyramids a ten. I know that because I did too. Okay. Well, yeah, that's easy. Um, I think. I think I'm going to go with a seven. Ah, <gasps> only a seven. Well, I'm going to go with a nine. A nine. <laughs> what? That's so unreasonable. <laughs> what a nine? nine. It's a nine. Okay. I love it. The feel of it. The feels. It's a nine. It's a good feel. Wow. There's not a nine feel. Fucking hell. Yeah. Fucking good. hell, mate. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> yes. But then your seven is okay. far too evil. I gave six to ten of the Orton's the other day and you went mental at me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not because it was too bloody low. Right. <laughs> oh. Yes, yes, I was aware that, that we'd need to have things like Team of the Cybermen on the scale, which is why I went for lower for that. Yeah, no, oh, I, I, I think I'm doing quite well on my scale, actually. I would like, can we map them? Can we have a map, please? Uh, don't encourage me, because you know I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just say the word. Okay, good, I've said the word. Sort it out. Sort scoring, it out. scoring, me, and Tansy's involved. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound Not like it's up my up my street at all. No. <laughs> okay, so lovely to see you again and to record another episode of this podcast. After so long, yes, no, it is, it yeah. is. It is okay, lovely. so it's goodbye from me. All right, fuck you then, fuck you. All right. <laughs> Bye! Bye! Bye. (laughs) Well, anybody coming along for the ride? Uh, We have our own flying machine. Flying machine? At least it works. Uh, Let's go. Right. Well, goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye. I'm sorry it had to end. I know. I know. 
Goodbye. Now, that really is the end of the Cybermen, isn't it? Yes, Jimmy. On the other hand, I never like to make predictions. Come along.